Rach, could you clap once for me, please? Isla, could you clap once for me? And Mark. Oh my oh, god. That was a powerful clap. It's <laughs> <laughs> also fun because I could see how much of a delay there is between Zoom and the sound. It's crazy. Hey, I'm Rachel A. Hosker, and welcome back to It's a Practice, your new favourite podcast by the Pappy Show Theatre Company. We have been chatting to people from all different professions, whether they be our best friends or people that we admire and respect, to get some insight into their practice, what connects us, and how we can learn from our mistakes and each other. This week, I chatted to Isla Estrich and Mark Benger. Isla is a project worker at Love to Learn. She supports young people who are refugees and asylum seekers with education. And she's a functional skills maths teacher to adult learners. And Mark is an actor, a writer, a movement director, a facilitator, and an associate artist of The Pappy Show. He is also in the cast of Boys, and he works loads with The Pappy Show, to be honest. (laughs) Isla and Mark are two of my really good friends and they're legends they're really brilliant people i had a great time chatting with them and i hope that you enjoy the episode too hello 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 hello. how's it going so we start all of our podcasts and rehearsals and workshops with some check-in questions today's check-in questions are tell us about a time when the weather suddenly changed and if you were a kitchen utensil what would you be (laughs) Mm. Uh, lovely questions so um if i was a kitchen utensil i think i'd be one of those um, bougie potato mashers you know the bougie ones with like the a stick uh-huh. and if you i don't know put the stick through an orange okay. it looks like that <laughs> basically that's the best <laughs> description i could do <laughs> I'm going to be Googling it straight after this. Stick and orange. orange. Bougie potato masher. (laughs) Okay, I think I would be a whisk because I think it's just incredible that a whisk can turn something into something else with (gasps) just itself. Mm. Like, you know, it can turn Mm. egg whites, liquid egg whites into a different state and like cream. I don't know. It's just like, whoa, you know. That's just the best answer. Thought. Just with a sprinkling yeah. of air. I know. Isn't it wild? <laughs> I think I'd be a pasta <laughs> drainer. You know, oh, the, yeah, the one with that. the holes in yeah. that, like, Sim. gets rid of all the shit that's not needed, but mm. keeps the important stuff. Mm. <laughs> Although you should use the pasta juice as well when you're cooking yeah. pasta. It's Everyone's really good. talking about that these days. But how do you use it? So don't get rid of it. So whatever sauce you're making, whatever, like, if, whether it be like a tomato or I don't know what else people use to make pasta, <laughs> but you pour some of it into into the sauce. Sauce, um, yeah, adds a bit wow. of flavour. Oh, thanks for that. Tip. Just a little bit, not too much. Yeah, not too much. Not too much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've got loads to Google after this now. <laughs> and the last one is: tell us about a time when the weather suddenly changed. I don't know, you know, when you go in the summer, when you go and you sit in a park and it's really lush and it's really nice. And then obviously eventually the sun for some reason decides to go away. And then it starts hiding behind trees and the temperature drops from like, I don't know, 22 degrees to about 11 degrees within the space of two minutes. Mm. Yeah, real tough, real tough. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's, yeah, that's my turn. I think mine, I've got like two, well, I have more than this, but two niece and nephews that I would take out a lot during half-term holidays because it matched up as a teacher with my holidays. And one time we went to like South Bank and it was a really sunny day and we didn't take our, their like big jackets and they were like eight and ten. And then it started, and we got ice cream, it was great. And then it started raining, like chucking it down. And it was so bad. And we had to go under a bridge. Like, we were all fine. But I was like, do not ever tell, like, your great grandma about this, like my grandma. Like, don't tell Bar <laughs> that we didn't have our jackets with us today. Like, you must never <laughs> let her know. And now they're like 13 and 15, and we're still like, never tell Bar when we didn't have our jackets. <laughs> So hopefully Bar doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> Imagine. And what would she say? On a sunny day, she's like, take your jackets, every, take everything with you that you will ever need. You know? <laughs> and I was like, we don't need them. But I was wrong. Isla, oh, <laughs> you are quite known for like not needing layers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I don't oh. always need the jackets, but I forget about other people, that other people get cold. <laughs> Although China, she doesn't get cold. She follows in my footsteps, my niece. It's a family trait. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to have to be when we were in Iceland with a pappy show we did an R&D out there which is like when you develop a show that's in its beginning stages the last day our flight was at like 6pm in the evening so we decided to go back to the capital in the morning first thing and then have the day sightseeing so we woke up at like 6am and we got in the cars but it was winter and they only get four hours of daylight in the winter so we start driving in the dark (laughs) with like this snow absolutely pelting down and they've got these little eyes at the side of the road but as soon as you drive past the set of eyes there's just pure pitch black until you see the next set of eyes so before you know you're like headed off the cliff at that point (laughs) it's like sort of terrifying and (laughs) and Kane is driving and he's like a fearless driver who's like flat on the pedal like if we don't go we're gonna get stuck and the car behind us does get stuck so I'm in the back on the phone to them trying to figure out how like what to do and apparently they're having like they're all in tears (laughs) 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 it's massive drama it's like Armageddon and we drive past I think it was like a digger on the side of the road and he's like excuse me there's a car stuck can you help them (laughs) (laughs) and the guy's obviously really used to like this weather because he lives in Iceland he's like yes (laughs) 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 okay (laughs) thank you (laughs) and we had to end up going back to the hostel and trying a different route a few hours later Mm. okay so let's start at the beginning Isla do you want to start telling us about the beginning how did it all start Big, big question. Big question. Right in there, right. Okay, so I guess, you know, throughout my life, you know, I was involved in youth movement, so did youth work and always knew I wanted to work with young people. And then Mm. I sort of, yes, I trained as a maths teacher. And while I was doing it, I knew that I, I always loved, like, the informal education parts of it. And while I was at my school, we had, there were two students that came who were from Syria and who were refugees and they sort of some of our sick formers sort of helped buddy them and took around the school but I sort of I don't know I sort of got to know them and realized that they needed a bit more support in ways that they weren't necessarily receiving it I think and this was back in 2016 
17 and things also in the news were going on about you know boat landings people coming in from Calais and stuff so I got a bit involved in some stuff in Birmingham where I was teaching and then one of my friends told me about an organization in Greece that needed qualified teachers to go out and teach because they had a school because the young people who are refugees and asylum seekers were not allowed into Greek schools at that time still aren't really but so there were you know NGOs providing education and stuff so I kind of Mm. after I'd finished two years at this school I decided oh I'll just go for a few months to Greece and then two years later (laughs) was still there (laughs) and then I guess yeah coming back to this January when I came back well not this January oh my god a year ago January now (laughs) where Covid life but yeah 2020 January decided to come back to the UK and then get involved in so still supporting people who are refugees and asylum seekers with education but not in a mainstream school anymore so it's I'm based in a community centre. How how did like Covid affect what's happened out there? Mm, Well it's really really terrible like because one of the things that has happened is the camps in like the Aegean islands so I was on uh, Chios which is an island in Greece the camps were completely locked down and you know obviously a lot of countries you know also closed borders or made it harder but one of the things that happened was in the summer the Greek borders were opened again to tourists to come in you know come party on Santorini but the camps were all still closed so it kind of I don't know, it just reinforces all those inequalities and atrocities happening. Also, even on the best of days, there's not access to enough clean water for everyone in the camp. So, you know, these advice that we're being told, wash your hands, distance, are just impossible. So, yeah, it's just, it's been really, really difficult. And also, yeah, NGOs can't necessarily provide, like the one that I'm part of, we had to, you know, close the school buildings, but actually go back to doing basic things like providing essentials, food, water. So it's all happening, still going. And in also in our country now here, there's the Napier Barracks in Kent. So it's similar mm-hmm. situations going on there. They're basically being housed in ex-military barracks. So lots of people who are arriving here from Calais arriving into Kent so there's yeah people can have a look at what's going on there and mm. support in any ways that we can I feel like it's one of those things that's really hard to unhear about I guess in like mm-hmm. when you started teaching and you had the two students that had come from Syria and then you started learning more and more and mm-hmm. one thing leads to another definitely and I feel like a lot of the people who I was like other volunteers or people in Greece who've come back you know most people are now working in some sort of field to do with refugees and asylum seekers or migration because I think yeah once you know it's happening you can't you can't ever step away from it yeah really. mm. Mac what about you how did what was your beginning like I mean yeah it's mad hearing that and I'm like <laughs> I can't even start talking about I had a difficult because I've been awarded such privileges that yeah in the grander scheme of things I'm really fortunate, really, really fortunate. And I think even hearing that, it makes me count my blessings again because although my parents were working class, they always made made, made things happen, innit? And like, even when I left school and I decided not to go to university, which absolutely devastated them, they still like made a way to help me uh, finance some of the training that I did do. And so, yeah, so I left school, started training as in physical theatre and then then trained with the National Youth Theatre and then I kind of threw myself into 
the open, as it were, and try to work as an actor. And I'm still working as an actor from time to time now. And it's even funny because at the beginning, hearing you talk about all, like, describing what I do and that I'm like, a part of me kind of cringes because I'm like, I do all of that, yeah. And I do, like, other things as well. But the more and more I experience my career, the more and more I realise that I am ultimately just a creative. And I think I might start using that title as opposed to dividing it up into small little things because the truth of the matter is, put me on a stage and I'll, I'll act. Put me in a room and I'll help devise something. Put me, mm. if you know what I mean, put me in front of kids and I'll teach them certain movements, affair, things and whatnot. It's, it's, it's been a short journey so far, but it's been a very um, up and down journey and I'm very blessed and, and grateful. And like, I've been fortunate, man. I've been lucky, I'm not gonna lie. Cause mm. meeting up with companies at the Papi Show and whatnot, I've really like put me in amazing positions and given me experience and taught me life lessons that I continue to be, to, you know, live with and. Mm, I really love that. Just as you were talking then, I was thinking about this quote by Tony Cade Bambara, Mm. who's an American author and a social activist. And she said that the role of the artist is to make revolution irresistible. Mm. And I love love that. that. Love Mm. that. I'm I'm listening to what what, um, Isla's saying and I'm like, part of me is like, what I'm doing is nothing then in comparison to the grander scheme of changing people's lives. But like, as you said, the truth of the matter is both, but I think there's room for both worlds to, to marinate. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And just like, you know, one of the parts, like when we were in Greece, we had a school and a youth centre and the youth centre was honestly incredible because we were able to do so many different like creative pursuits and we'd have mm. a different theme of the month and one month was like movie month and every youth mm. centre group made a movie and it was, honestly, it was incredible and that we were able to do that because yeah one of our volunteers at the time was she was amazing at like directing and produce I don't know just like all this stuff and Mm -hmm. and it was and it was amazing you know them as a group being you know some young people aged 15 to 22 from different countries no common languages you know between some of them but we were able to make a full movie and like Mm. it was yeah and then have a movie screening you know so it was (laughs) all those things yeah, just That's give. so empowering. Yeah. And it's so it's joyful good. when you're living in yeah. a really difficult exactly. time. Things that are joyful, yeah. I think. So important. So important, yeah. Yeah. What have your wins been along the way? Or what have the most joyful moments been? One of the best things about my job teaching youth work, all of that, is the day-to-day actual job. Because I've always found, you know, working with young people amazing and the biggest challenges I've had are working with other adults. So I always got confused that for some people, their job all day, they're just with adults. Like, it's kind of (laughs) mind-blowing. Like, sitting in an office just with adults and talking on the phone to adults. I don't know, it just feels a bit (laughs) funny. So, yeah, I would say some of the joys are just, yeah, being with young people and also just seeing that literally young people all across the world, Birmingham, London, Greece are just the same not like the same but you know like the same things you know can Mm. I don't know yeah I think that's something I've really noticed and I've just yeah really enjoyed being able to spend all that time to learn from them to see them all learn from each other 
Mm. And just laughing, like so much mm -hmm. of my day is laughter, which yeah. I just love. <laughs> so, yeah. I love that so much. So, yeah. Kids make the best audiences as well. <laughs> like yeah. when they see something they don't like, they'll they'll tell you they don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Or they'll yeah, scream up. if something's scary. Yeah. <laughs> like, Yeah, that's one of the biggest differences with working with like adults and kids is that although you'll probably get more done with adults, you're less likely to be surprised. Like mm. kids and younger mm. people constantly, I don't know how you guys have found it, but they, they, some of the behavior just makes you go like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. in, in both a, in both a positive and a negative yeah. way, because sometimes you're like, what? That's <clears throat> awesome. Or what? Like, what are you doing? Behave. Like, fix up or whatever. But yeah. Yeah. Um, Mark, what have your wins been along the way? Or what have the, been the most joyful moments? Uh, the most joyful moments have been the moments where I, I don't know, either in a room or in a space with friends who are also creatives, and we so happen to be getting paid to be there. Those <laughs> moments have been yeah. astonishing. <laughs> I constantly pinch myself like, yo, I'm getting paid to, mm. to do this. This is, this is wild, absolutely <laughs> wild. But yeah, those are my biggest wins as as to date. Yeah. I've got a big question for you both next. Oh, what have yeah. your failures been? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Woo! Jeez. God. Okay, well, I guess there are just so many. Like, I remember one time, <laughs> this is so <laughs> when I was training as a teacher. I had an observation from my mentor. So she was the head of maths um, in the school I was at. And I was teaching. It was our, we shared a class. It was the year nine top set maths class. And like, so she was observing. That. Honestly, these year nine top set, they were incredible. Like, it was, yeah, sometimes, you know, they were just able to, there were a few people in that class who were just able to do like this really complex stuff. Like, oh yeah, anyway, they were incredible. Anyway, so I, I did the lesson while I was teaching. I was like, this is pitched way too low. They all know this, this is too easy. And you're kind of in your mind, you're like, should I change and do something different? But I'm being observed right now, or should I stick with what I, you know? And it was all, anyway, I decided to stick with it. And at the end, you know, the students were gone, like getting the feedback from my mentor. And she was like, so how'd it go? And I was like, yeah, terrible. They they knew, she was like, yeah, I like Isla, I don't want to be harsh, but I don't think anyone learned anything new in this lesson. <laughs> yeah, because she was, she was quite strict with me. She She had like, It, we had a good relationship like she, it was you know she was and I, I knew that I knew that was true I like we all knew it but I mean so then she <laughs> doesn't need to point out <laughs> but then but basically then she showed me this thing where you know just a bit of you know she was like what you could have done was just to assess that the knowledge they already had either in the lesson before or at the start of this lesson and then she showed me this really cool like tool where you could give people, you know, put a multiple choice questions on the board and then the the students fill it in on like this little piece of paper. They just do like A, B, C or D for each question. And then with your phone, you could just scan them and then it gives you the answers really quickly. So you could just scan it really quick and it'll be like, okay, they all got 85% or like, you know, all of them got question one right. So I'm like, okay, I don't need to cover that topic. Or like none of them wow. got question five right. Yeah, yeah it was incredible. really cool. And 
But the funniest thing was when she made me make my login for this website, she t- she made me make my password to be mistakes because she was like, mistakes make you learn. So whenever you log in, you'll remember this like time you taught this lesson. Like, honestly, the biggest mistakes are the reasons that you learn. And now I know to mm. check prior learning or if I can't do that, I will change and adapt. And I'm, I can do that. I'm good at changing and adapting. So it's better to do that and to actually have some learning come out of a situation, you know. I love that. Yeah. Can I just say, schools have really like moved on from when we were at school. Yeah. That's wild, <laughs> honestly, isn't it? Yeah. Honestly. What about you, Mark? What have your failures been? My failures. Oh. Do you want the Don't failures in life with a failure? Professionally, <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I've got a long list. A long list. No, I fail. I fail all the time. I think I've got a good ability of picking myself up again and going again. Because I fell so consistently, I'm just like, right, let's go. Because I can accept that's going to happen again later on. Does that make sense? It's a bit of a weird mentality. Yeah, yeah I've learned to like embrace a failure, though, man. This idea of like speaking about learning from a failure, it's so vague. It, and like, it's only through failing so much that I've realized like, there needs to be, for yourself, you need to have like an almost routine when a failure does happen, it's hard because you need, when you're, when you're failing sometimes, you, no matter how much reassessment you do, you might not just be ready to not fail that in that thing. Does that make sense? Completely. Like fail at the same thing time yeah, and time again. Yeah, yeah. And no matter how many, how, how you intricately break it down and write your bullet points and whatnot, sometimes you're just like, the brain isn't just ready. Yeah, you're just not ready. So like, yeah. And that's like something that I've taught myself because I used to like beat myself up if I'm not look, if I'm continuously making the same mistakes. Mm-hmm. But then I've kind of realised that sometimes I'm not just I might not just be ready to to take that lesson in, as it were. Does that make any sense whatsoever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Total sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's been numerous occasions where, for example, I'm teaching or something, and I tell students one thing and then realise later on it's wrong, and then I end up oh, somehow all the time. All the time. D- but. I don't know, I, I struggle to admit defeat, so I, I always rely on the fact that it could be anything and there's all possibilities. It could be one. <laughs> Knowing full well the bullshit that's coming out of my mouth is, it's not that one. <laughs> it's not that one. So that's like a professional failure that occurs consistently. But yeah. Can I give you a tip for what I do? I So when I was in at my school, there was this re- reward system called Vivos. So it was like house points or whatever it is you have. So I would always be like, if I ever make a mistake and you spot it, you're getting like 10 Vivos, you know. So whenever they'd be like, oh, I missed this, I'd be like, yeah, well done. You spotted that mistake. <laughs> 10 Vivos for <laughs> you. <laughs> Or like, you know, if they only spotted it half an hour later, I'd be like, guys, you know, and I, if I spot it half an hour later and I'm like, guys, there's a mistake been on the whiteboard for half an hour. How come none of you have spotted it? That is on you, not on me. That like celebrates your mistake. Yeah, yeah. 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 And we used to have like a mistake board, you know, so my mistakes, students' mistakes, put them on the board because that's how we learn, you know, Mm. highlight those mistakes. That's That's awesome. And what is your practice now? Oh, it's di- very different because of COVID. Because as I said, you know, one of my highlights is being in, in a room with people laughing. And obviously now it's mm. just me by myself in a room <laughs> with that. Even even before 
COVID, I think, coming back to London after being in Greece, everything is just less full on. So even before COVID happened, I was already finding like a change of pace because, you know, there we lived. So I was one of the coordinators of the project, but we lived in a house with all the volunteers and the volunteers are coming six weeks minimum. So but they're coming and they're going and we're, you know, trying to run the youth centres and schools, but also trying to keep up advocacy, also meeting with the other safeguarding working groups, with the UNHCR, other Greek organisations, you know, so my calendar just it was quite funny a few months ago I looked at my calendar from like you know 2021 uh, no 2020 middle of covid situation compared to like April 2019 and my calendar in April it was like 7 a.m till 11 p.m just like full you know like team meeting 7 a.m meet with the UNHCR at 8 a.m., 9 till 1 youth centre, 1 till 6 school, 6 till 7 coordination meeting, 7 oh till 8 God. Skype <laughs> interviewing new volunteers. You know, like it was just, you know, 10 o'clock wine bar. You know, but it was just so I think being able to like, and that wasn't good, you know. It was, it, now I can see sometimes we were doing too much. Yeah, so I think that's, and, and just understanding and learning that you are part of a team so you can split up mm. that trust in the picture of people and, you know, different people are good at different things. So you might do something really well, but you might do something else not so well. And other people might not be able to do things as well as you in certain things. But at the end of the day, as long as it gets done, it doesn't matter if it's done the best. I think that's, that's important. Obviously, you should still try. You might as well give up now. Just give up before you start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get back into bed. It's all over. <laughs> so, I was just thinking about that quote that I said about making revolution irresistible. And I sort of feel like mm-hmm. you've done that as well, though. Like, your passion for things or your excitement for things makes other people want to do it. Like, okay, so you've been volunteering at this place called My Grateful, which is this amazing. Actually, do you just want to explain it? Yeah, well, they basically they were set up by someone. They like run cookery classes. So before pandemic, it was in person cookery classes, and the teacher is someone who's yeah from a refugee background or is a refugee or asylum seeker. And but one of the really great things about my grateful is that they train up the the people to be chefs. You know, because people are often just like, oh, here's someone with a skill, teach it, and it's it's that's hard, you know, and especially with a group you're teaching maybe 10 or 15 people, members of the public, like how to make a dish from your country. You want it to be meaningful and you want to be able to actually, you know, teach it properly. So my grateful provide that support and there's the weekly cooking school that the teachers will go in. All the teachers like test out their own classes on each other. So it's also a really nice like community there. But yeah, so that's kind of, but now they've been doing cookery classes as well. Oh man. And Isla told us about my grateful. I think every person in our friendship group has done it and then told every person in their friendship groups. And who's told? It's like a a tree. Like one person feels really passionate about something and says to their friends, you should do this, you should try it, Mm. you should learn about this. And then they that person realizes how amazing it is and says to their people, You should do this. Really, really lovely. Mark, what about you? What is your practice now? It's weird. I think it's kind of done a full circle where before before lockdown, I was so orientated around keeping busy and keeping active and keeping stimulated and through, mm. both through work and other things. I've been in that, that, that section 
for so long, or better yet, let me put it this way. Now I've experienced having no structure for quite some time. I'm kind of creeping back to re regaining some sort of structure, if that makes any sense. So my mm. practice now is to just find structure in whatever form that is. If, yeah, it could be loose or tight structure, but just find structure, even if it is walking from Lidl's and back to get a pastry <laughs> every morning. Yeah, very important. <laughs> then Love that. Love stick that. to it and just, yeah, find the happiness in the small things, as it were. Mm. I was saying that's why yesterday, where there was no US drag race, it messed us all up a bit. Because that's what we do, really do. Thursday, Saturday. It really did. <laughs> <laughs> really did. What are you watching? I was Saturday really evening? looking forward <laughs> to it. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. Looking back on your journey, if you could give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? I guess. I don't know. Okay. Well. Uh, maybe I'll do two, if that's okay. Two little yeah, half bits. Yeah, I think I think I'm quite good at this anyway, but I do think just, like, enjoy it, you know? Just enjoy it, because that's, that's the point. Like, I remember when my parents came out to visit me in Greece, and I was mm. in the youth centre that day, was, you know, and I said to the participants, I was like, oh, my parents are here, and they were like, Isla, what are you doing here? go like we'll be like you know they're like your parents here because they obviously you know were separate a lot of them separate from their families and they mm. just sort of and but I was so set in my head like no I have to be here because if I'm not here if something will happen there'll be a fight you know all these things and <laughs> like there was but it was fine everyone was fine <laughs> but <laughs> yeah and it was just silly because I'm here like trying to support people and then they're like your family is literally here why you know we wish our family was here why aren't you like at the beach with your family i don't know so i think mm. just like yeah so maybe it kind of that rolls into one that sort of like just chill out a bit and like enjoy it a bit more but i think i still i still do enjoy stuff but you know even more i love that <laughs> yeah. well, even more <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah how about you matt i think the piece of advice I'd give myself would be to ask more questions because I think it's only now that I've, I've got the confidence of, irrespective of if the question's a stupid question or not. There's no such thing as a stupid question, actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. 100%. <laughs> yeah, just to ask more questions because I think like I'm a strong believer of, of like the energy you put out and the, the curiosity you put out to the universe, it kind of gets reflected back in. So if you, I don't know, a poor example would be if... 18 year old me was curious about no that's bad dogs then <laughs> <laughs> was curious about dogs then asking questions about dogs would eventually lead me to this is a really bad example but I think you get what I'm trying to say yeah we, we, I like the rats example do you know that because <laughs> like I, think, I think social conventions make us think certain animals are better than others but like if you go to different countries they like different ones so really rats have had a really bad reputation and it's There's a country out there that like that champion rats. <laughs> well, probably, yeah. Like, think about the Chinese calendar. There's a year of the rat, isn't there? Yeah. Very true. Very, That's very true. true. Yeah. So I don't That's know more than that, argument. but we can all Google it <laughs> to find know. out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just, uh, yeah. Asking questions is the most, like, I think that's something that ev everyone needs to be to do. 
from young because mm. you get it drilled out of you, don't you? You get the fear drilled into you, so you start you become hesitant and, and reluctant to ask questions. But little kids ask questions all the time, and they'll keep yeah. saying why, why until they feel satisfied. I'm so guilty of being like, because it is. <laughs> <laughs> because it just is okay. Shut up. That's what it's like. <laughs> so true. Isla, I really want to. Is there ways that people can get more involved with what's happening? Mm. Yeah, mm. definitely. Like, obviously, at the moment, you know, there's not a lot of like in person stuff happening, but there's a lot mm. going on on social media. So there's and like campaigns. So uh, there's Choose Love, who are a big organization and they do a lot of campaigning and fundraising to support actually a lot of the different projects going on around the world. Mm. There's also an advocacy campaign called Europe Must Act, which was uh, founded by some people working in Greece with us and they have individual chapters. So like London Must Act and they just, you can find them on Instagram, Facebook. It tries to provide awareness about what's going on in different places and it also tells you what you can do to change it so really Mm -hmm. simple basic things like writing a letter to your MP you know if there are things going on if there are detention centres if you know happening in your local area which there are if there are people being you know wrongful stuff happening write to your MP let them know what's going on sign these petitions Mm. because petitions I know we're all a bit like oh I just signed petitions but they do actually change things they make things happen because if a certain Mm -hmm. number of people sign a petition then it has to get taken you know into parliament or wherever so yeah Europe must act London must act or wherever your chapter is safe passage they do a lot about bringing safely people here especially child refugees because that has been something that since brexit means that the uk is now no longer a part of providing safe passage to children whose families are here in this country like absolutely ridiculous but yeah safe passage (laughs) so yeah i would just say try and follow those things learn read about it question if you hear someone say something that isn't right question them challenge them this is our responsibility Mm. now yeah and just listen to people with lived experiences there are different books and articles and things that you can read that are written by people who are refugees or have that refugee experience there's a lot going on if you start following some of those they'll share other things freedom from torture as well they also highlight the Mm. atrocities happening yeah that's amazing thank you so much thank you and the last question what are you going to have for dinner? <laughs> oh, that's a good Ooh, one. That's a juicy one. What I want to end on? <laughs> I think we still got an aubergine. A very versatile <laughs> vegetable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is a really good question. I don't know. Well, I live in a house that's five of us and everyone sort of takes turns cooking. So I don't know if I'll cook something or if someone else will. Or maybe we'll have... Oh. Oh, wow, that's a big one. I actually don't know. I don't know the answer. <laughs> I can tell you what I had to dinner last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's give it up. Yeah, we had a takeaway from Banana Tree and we had pad thai and some tofu stuff. Because I was going to say, maybe I could make pad thai again tonight because I had extra pad thai noodles. But we had pad thai last night, so... You don't want the same two nights in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really, really love that your house do that, that you share between yeah. all of you. It's really nice. Yeah. Matt, what are you having? I've been craving pasta for the past few days, but like I, recently, when I'm when I have been eating pasta, I've been like reducing the amount, but I'm up for like a bowl of like a whole packet of pasta just for myself. Mm. So I think that's what I'm gonna have tonight. I'm really nice. looking forward to it. 
Do you have a favourite shape? Do you know what? Anything <laughs> that isn't macaroni does it. Oh. Interesting. Oh. Yeah. I think I'm going to have pasta too. With my what pasta mean? drainer thing. Yum. Here we are. Very yum, simple. Yum, yum, yum. Wow, that's fun. Because I, I will say about pasta, one fun thing is just trying different pasta shapes. I'd recommend it mm. just to, you know, <laughs> make dinner times a bit more exciting. I once Love got, that I so once much. got, <laughs> yeah. I, I got um, absolutely bantered by a few friends not that long ago yeah. because I mentioned <laughs> that I bought pasta from TK Maxx. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, what's wrong with buying pasta from TK Maxx? They've got really niche <laughs> passes. Go to TK Maxx, get some really They've fun pasta shapes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Honestly. Okay. I Thanks. love that so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank so you fun. so much uh, for cleaning me. It's been so joyful. Up next week is Stella Adenlami, who is an artist and an academic. She is currently doing a PhD and directing the Pappy Show's brand new show for young audiences called Black Girl Magic. We will also be joined by Jim Caesar, who is an actor and a musician and wrote the music for this podcast. He's in the Caster Boys and he works loads with the Pappy Show too. Till then, please do like and subscribe and you can find out more about the Pappy Show and what we're up to at www.thepappyshow.co.uk. See you next week. This has been It's a Practice with sound by Roly Botha, music by Jim Caesar, hosted by Rachel Leah Husker and produced by the Pappy Show.